following podcast is scheduled for one fall. First coming into the ring, Jose Sorozano. Our next host, Jermaine Meredith. And finally, Bimal Patel. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smartdown Boulevard. Welcome to Smart Down Boulevard. We are a trio of smarts that love to talk wrestling, but not watch it on a regular basis. My name is Jose Solorzano, and with me is my co-host, Jermaine Meredith. How's it going, my friend? I'm good, man, but it's kind of humid outside today. Oh. Did you get a chance to go out? Yeah, I did, actually. I took my dad out earlier today, and my gosh, man, it feels like a sauna out there. It feels like that Cuban air that hits you and the clothes just sticks to you, the humidity. Like, it's saying it's 33 degrees, but it actually feels like 43, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, when it's like that, uh, we have a rule at work that we get no work done today, so. Oh, (laughs) is that? I like that rule. Does that rule apply every day or just, like, when it's hot? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Especially when it's really hot okay, You don't do anything Yo, but you know what's worse though I mean, you're complaining about today I went camping over the weekend And my only exposure to camping Was that TV show that WWE made Camp WWE, right? Like, <laughs> it was colorful characters Everyone's having fun Even though they're out in the wilderness And I'm like, okay, it can't be that bad But oh my gosh, I'm like riddled with mosquito bites I couldn't shower I felt uncomfortable and all this for love. You know how Michelle was saying during the takeover that she did here on SmackDown? How she watched wrestling for me and everything? Well, I went camping for her. And I don't regret it. But next time I do it, I'm going to be well prepared. And it's going to be like Camp WWE because I did not enjoy it. Man. <laughs> but I digress. Remember, you can listen to your favorite trio of Smarks on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many other audio streaming platforms. For the full list and to connect with us, visit our Instagram page at Smartdown Boulevard. That's at Smartdown B-L-V-D. And Jermaine, on today's Smartdown Boulevard, we're going to dive into a topic that we faintly discussed on an earlier episode. It was episode four entitled Paper Issues. So if you haven't checked that episode out, we suggest that you do because it is a great prelude to today's topic of how to book a pay-per-view. This is something that we have discussed briefly, but have not been able to take the deep dive into, and I want to see how deep the conversation gets. And also, later on, we're going to bring back a segment that we like to call the Smart Reel. Let's go. You're listening to Smart Down Boulevard. Attention Smarks, calling all Smarks. We want to talk to you about our friends over at Anchor. Many of you are listening to us on Anchor already, but if you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It's free? Yes, free. And after hearing what Anchor can do for you, you won't believe that it's free. All right, I'm listening. Tell me more. So on Anchor, you can use creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It is that simple. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more audio streaming platforms. And did we mention that it's all free? All free. Yes, you heard it again. Free. So Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, if you ever thought about starting your own podcast, now is the time to do it and use Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to the boulevard. 
Previously on the boulevard, we have discussed pay-per-views. We concluded that there are too many. We just don't watch all of them. And there are too many gimmick pay-per-views. And they just don't make sense. And that's where today's topic comes in. How do you book a pay-per-view to make sense? Because quite frankly, the way the card is set up nowadays makes no sense at all. For the most part. There's just no structure. We're about to dive into that. And Jermaine, I know you're ready for this topic Start us off, my good friend, before I lose it, before you do. Go ahead. The floor is yours. All right. My fellow smarks out there, how many times have you guys been watching a WWE pay-per-view and lo and behold, the first match is for their Universal Championship? Does that make any sense to you? Nope. Or the WWE Championship? It makes no sense. Nope. That is like the equivalent of watching a UFC pay-per-view and the UFC heavyweight champion is in the opening match defending his belt. Hmm. Why do this in WWE if no other sport is doing that? You save the best for last. If you're a company that has their championship belt, which is considered the ultimate sign of respect or power in the business, when you hold that championship, that heavyweight championship belt, why would you want to put that for the first match that people see it's not done anywhere else in any other sport and today we're going to talk to you and teach you how wwe pay-per-view should be booked okay i just want to say that we are by no means professional bookers but we're coming from a sense of logically speaking this is how you should book a pay-per-view and i'll give the ufc i'm not a big ufc fan but the, the couple times that i've seen it with my friends the card makes sense you don't have, like you said, your world champion go out first. So we're not pros, but we're just talking logically how you should book a WB pay-per-view. But before we do that, Jermaine, I think it's important to note that as much as we say that there's too many pay-per-views, there are too many championship belts. So in, the, in a perfect world for me, I would merge the WB championship and the universal championship into one because... When did the Universal title become more important than the WWE Championship? I mean, it just, when you think about it, the Universal Champion, it just doesn't make sense to me. So to me, have one ultimate prize, one company championship of the WWE Championship. That's where I like to start. Get rid of all these nonsense belts and have seven belts out for grabs. WWE Championship, WWE Intercontinental, United States, Women's Champion, Men's Tag, Women's Tag, and the 24-7 title just for kicks. Can we just lay down that right now? Yeah, okay. I, I agree, man. Instead of the 17 titles that they have right now, it's ridiculous. And I'm not including NXT. <laughs> Forget NXT. I'm talking about wow. WWE, the leader in sports entertainment, the WWE. All right? Seven belts. How would you book it? How would you book a pay-per-view? Doesn't matter if it's an elimination chamber, an Extreme Rules, a WrestleMania. What would be the logical way to book it? All right. So this is how it's got to be done. And yeah. And take if notes. you guys agree, disagree with me, then let us know. On our Instagram, at Markdown Boulevard. Number one, you got to have either the Intercontinental Belt or the U.S. Championship go on first. Okay. The reason being is that just a step below the main event picture. That's like a transitional title. A title that you should wear if you're about to get a push. Yeah. So either one could go on first just to start the show off with a bang. Then following that, you could probably have the 24-7 championship belt go on. Just as a little entertainment thing, you know, just have somebody defend that to be a big scramble match, but it's a little uh, intermission, if you will, right. to separate what's coming next. Then, 
since the tag team belts are the highest in its division, because if you're a tag team, what you're aiming for is the, the tag team belt. Of course. So I think that should be somewhere in the middle of the show. I think it should be there because it's starting to heat things up and it's putting the tag team belts, you're, you're showcasing them. No, you're right. And let's be honest, the WWE hasn't been doing a good job of showcasing their tag teams properly. And what better way than to have your tag team match, championship matches, on the main card, not on the pre-show. That's another problem I have. The pre-show kind of messes uh, things up, you know. And I know you're on a roll there, Jermaine, but the pre-show just kills it for me. How many times have you seen the United States Championship on the pre-show? The tag team championship on the pre-show. The Intercontinental Championship on the pre-show. No. Remember when Bulldog and Bret Hart main-evented for the Intercontinental Championship? Do you remember that? That will probably never happen again. The only time it maybe would have happened or come close to that was when John Cena and Daniel Bryan were elevating the Intercontinental titles in the United States Championships at that one time. But nowadays, I don't ever see that happening. That Intercontinental belt was the belt that signified who's next in line to be the champ, the WWE champ. Pre-shows should be only for up-and-coming stars. Even throw some NXT guys in there. Throw some guys that you want to punish or throw a guy that's a fan favorite but it's just not even there yet to make it to the card. Just tease him, you know, tease him to the audience. Get the show going, get the pre-show going. Someone that is expendable to be on the pre-show. Do not put a title. A title should not be expendable to be put on a pre-show. If anything, the 24-7 title may be, because let's be honest, like you said, 24-7 title, I wouldn't be opposed to putting the 24-7 title second or even third on the card of a pay-per-view because it's a title that sometimes is wacky. You know, interesting things happen. They can go behind yeah, it, the scenes. It's it's meant to be comedic relief at this point, kind of like the Hardcore Championship. That one can be thrown into the pre-show just for kicks, right? But don't put a legit title on the pre-show. That should be a rule. That's just a given. But anyway, Jermaine, you were continuing there. You, were, I believe you were at your second match, 24 title belt. Uh, oh, no, you were at the tag teams. The tag team. Yeah, so let's see. Yeah. First match, let's see. Just this just for the folks that are playing along at home here on the on the boulevard. First match, well let's let's get this out of the way. The pre-show. What would you put on the pre-show? You know what? After what you just said, mm-hmm. I would consider putting the universe uh, the, no, Whoa. not the universe. Whoa. <laughs> yes, everything we just said made no sense, folks. No. <laughs> yeah, everything goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, no, I would put the 24/7 championship on the pre-show because okay. It's not a historic belt just came out. Right. It's basically meaningless to nothing because exactly. it, it really is filler. Okay. We can but agree on that. That could either be, yeah, that could either be on the pre-show mm-hmm. or or it could be second match or third okay. match just to have a little intermission, you know, so to speak. Now yeah. we enter the main card. What match should start off the show? U.S. title. I agree. Let's do a U.S. title match for number one. Yep. Okay. Number two. And then... Yeah, number two or three could be either some feuds or... Some single the matches, next, yep. Yeah, but the next championship that should go on is Women's Tag Team Championship. Okay. Should go next. Yep. That's the second championship that should be defended. Third championship that should be defended mm-hmm. after that should be the Intercontinental Championship. After that, then you have one of the women's titles go on for the belt. After that, I would vote the men's tag team match. Uh, championship and then after that and then to top it all off 
the Hagrid WWE Championship. Yep. That is because it's the biggest belt and the most it's the belt that has the most history in the company. Yeah, I agree. That is the main event and it should always be the main event. The only time that I think it's okay for the WWE Championship not to be the main event is if and I always take it back to like the attitude era because that to me to me that was my golden age of wrestling. But in nineteen ninety nine, yeah. The WWE champion wasn't necessarily main eventing the pay per views. They were either second last, but that's only because Austin and McMahon were the hottest thing going there. That was the money maker right there. So that's yeah. when it makes sense to me when you have a riveting storyline like that to end. And let's be real, like backlash that just happened when you have Randy Orton versus Edge and you build the match, the greatest wrestling match ever, I think it's okay for that to go during the main event because you build the whole pay-per-view around that. Then that's okay for like the championship to go on, not last. So there's certain times when it's okay for it. But for the most part, when you have a pay-per-view that's kind of just, you know, just going along just because they have to fulfill their commitments to one pay-per-view a month, do the WWE championship at the end. But there yeah. are certain times that you can have it on second, but don't do it near the beginning. And my problem with that, too, is that, you know, with Brock Lesnar being champion, these multi-million dollar contracts that they have, they don't want to stay there till the end. So this is where, this is where <laughs> yeah. ego and being at a certain point in the corporate ladder allows you to go on first, even though you have a title. So there's a lot of politics involved as to when and where you go on the card as well. So as much as we want to say this is how it should be, there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes, unfortunately, that we're not privy to, which I wish I was a fly in the wall. But we can only assume these things because, yeah. you know, it is plausible. Yeah, you know what? And it, it also depends on drawing power, too, because mm -hmm. I don't think any fan wanted to see Jinder Mahal go on last with the WWE Championship. <laughs> and to be honest, I kind of liked when he was champion, <laughs> but the booking wasn't there. No, Booking wasn't there. And again, that was and a political I'd move see, too. Exactly, yeah. that was a political move behind the scenes. What is your answer to? What if it's the same thing over and over again, or is it just something that should be a staple in sports entertainment, specifically WWE, to have right. your title go last? Does it get stale? Does it get boring? All right. Well, then I'll ask the same people who say that: Are you tired of seeing the UFC heavyweight championship go on last? No. Because isn't that what you're paying your money exactly. to see? Exactly. At the end of the night, isn't that what it's all culminating to? Yeah, it, it, it's the pay per views all building up to that match, right? And I would argue that the WWE it used to be that too. Everything would climax at the WWE Championship, mm -hmm. the Championship match, because that's where that's where the biggest draws were, the biggest feuds were most of the time, and it should be that way. It's a a pattern to follow because we need to make booking make sense again. Make booking great again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, I, I was just throwing that out there because there will be those people who say, oh, that gets stale after a while. But no, they don't know wrestling or they're just, you know, not satisfied with anything at any time. And remember, Smarks, Marks, wrestling fans, non-wrestling fans, you guys are never satisfied with anything. So when something makes sense... You should just leave it alone. Don't complain just for yeah. complaining. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. And remember, your smart code of conduct is in play at all times. So do not <laughs> defer from it. <laughs> My other thing, too. So, I mean, it's easier. So, I mean, we're talking about it like we know what we're talking about. And I think we're coming from a logical standpoint. And it's okay to put it out there. Everyone has their own point of view. But it's easier said than done. 
right? So I want to give WWE credit on that. But you are the standard, and certain things should be put in place that others should want to follow. You know, I mean, AEW, Impact Wrestling, MLW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL, AAA should not be outclassing you in booking a pay-per-view. Because even though they're great wrestling promotions, minus Impact Wrestling, I just don't like it, but (laughs) you should be the standard, and you should have these other promotions look up to how to book a pay-per-view through you guys. So there should be no excuses. We're giving you all the benefit of the doubt, but for God's sakes, guys, pick it up. Let's do it. Get your act together. Yes. Jermaine, I think it's safe to say that this episode of Smartdown Boulevard that we've discussed how to book a pay-per-view is a great ending to two other episodes that we did earlier on. One titled, a title by any other name is still just a belt where we discussed how certain belts have no meaning. And then the other episode that we're talking about paper issues where we're discussing about the current state of pay-per-views in the WWE. This episode kind of brings all those three topics together and it's a great trilogy, better than the Star Wars trilogy that we were unfortunately witnessed <laughs> by Disney recently. But it's a good trilogy of yeah, how... Yeah, I think it's a good trilogy of how pay-per-views and WWR, how they don't know how to bring up superstars, how sometimes it's just hectic in WWE to come up with a pay-per-view card and bringing more significance to pay-per-views. It's a good exactly. study. Exactly, and you know what? You know what? We didn't, even have, we didn't have to book it. We just so happened to have this theme behind the episodes that we're doing. So we could do this without any effort. Mm-hmm. WWE, you have no excuse. No. Step your game up. Step it up. Because if Vince, Triple H, or Bruce Pritchard, whoever you got back there does not want to do it, there's two guys that are willing to do it. And that's me, Jose Solorzano, and my good friend, Jermaine Meredith. Smarks and Smarkettes, it is time for the Smark Reel, the segment where we play you interesting video clips that we think you should check out. And to watch the clips, visit our Instagram page at Smarkdown Boulevard. That's Smarkdown B-L-V-D. And Jermaine, do I have a treat for you today, and I'm going to give you some history lesson as well. So you ready for this? I'm ready, man. Let's see it. Okay, so as I was flipping through Netflix, I came across a show called Home Game. And it's a new sports documentary web television series. And the show gives us a global look at traditional and unusual national sports. And episode six caught my attention because it dealt with catch fetish. Have you ever heard of this? I've never heard of that. What is that, a dish? (laughs) Catch fetish. Well, the episode focuses on professional wrestling in the Congo that mixes athleticism and showmanship. But here's the kicker, man. It adds a layer of voodoo mysticism that makes it unlike anything else that you've ever seen. Oh, no. Yes. It's just something that I've never seen before, and I'm glad that I came across it. And here is the clip for you. It's a 10-second clip. I don't want to show you too much because I want you to go check out the show, and I want all of you guys out there to check the show out too as well. Catch fetish is a spectacle. <laughs> and he's right. Catch fetish 
is a spectacle. I found this amazing and I was hooked. I was entertained and I'm like, yo, I have to bring this up on Smart Town Boulevard because, okay, so Catch Fetish, it's loosely translated to voodoo wrestling. It is a uniquely Congolese fighting style. So it's a combination of traditional African wrestling moves, old religious practices, and one man's obsession with Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the Hulkster. I'm not kidding you, man. And I'm I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but Edingwe Moto, generally recognized as the godfather of catch fetish, says that he saw Hulk Hogan on television in the 1980s and was entranced, just like a lot of us. Even though we're not you know, kids of the 80s, when we saw Hulk Hogan in the 90s, we knew this guy was a wrestling god. So same thing here with Edingwe Moto. And Edingwe's singular contribution to the sport was the inclusion of fetish, or the voodoo, which he says was inspired by former President Mobutu, who in the 70s had put into place an official government policy of rejecting colonial influence and embracing what he considered authentic culture. So that policy eventually fell out of favor, but in the sport of catch fetish, the voodoo stuck. So... And the thing that's also riveting about this is where the WWE can also learn from them. But the yeah. thing is, these guys, okay, they're not just going out there and doing these ridiculous voodoo things. And, and I shouldn't even say ridiculous because it's part of their religious practices and it's stuff that they believe in. So excuse me for saying ridiculous, but it's just over the top, right? The thing is, even before they get into the ring, these guys spend years, these wrestlers spend years training Greco-Roman wrestling. One of the stars of the show says that you cannot become popular or you cannot be a wrestler, consider a wrestler, until you've learned the fu- fundamentals and basics of Greco wrestling, which I think is something that the models, the football players, the bodybuilders that WWE chooses to work at the Performance Center should do. They should learn the foundations of wrestling, which is obviously Greco-Roman wrestling, just because it makes you an overall better wrestler. And, and we're in the business of professional wrestling. Wrestling is the foundation of it. And these guys do not get in the ring unless they know how to Greco-Roman wrestle. And to me, that's that's legit. Yeah. I think you gotta have some history of wrestling, whether it be Olympic or American wrestling, or you gotta know what you're doing in there and incorporate that in an entertaining way. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. It's great to see that wrestling is alive and well, not only in the United States, but obviously yeah. all over the world. So, catch Fetish, check it out. This is SmartDown Boulevard! All right, before we head off, ladies and gentlemen, remember you can listen to us on our favorite audio hosting site, Anchor.fm, but we're also on all your favorite audio streaming platforms, so there is no excuse to not listen to your favorite Smarks every week. Find us on Instagram as well, at Smartdown Boulevard. That's Smartdown BLVD to connect with us, to keep the conversation going, and also to uh, witness that Catch Fetish clip that we'll be posting on there later on for you to watch. And please check that out because it's... It's something that you've never seen before, I guarantee you. Jermaine. It's trippy. Yeah. (laughs) Jermaine, I thank you as always, and uh, I'll let you be, and I'll let you go watch that episode on Netflix. (laughs) All right. I'm definitely going to check that out. Absolutely. Until next time, Smarks, tuck your chin in. (laughs) 